I'm so excited about just walking us through uh, this series because I really, really believe that no matter who you are, some of the principles we're going to talk about are going to be helpful in your life. And they're going to be helpful with the heart of it is to give you victory um, more and more over the temptations that take so many people out. And so the heartbeat of this series is, is that I really want you to walk through this life and have less regrets, less pain, less consequences, and actually walk in this life and experience everything that God has called you to be and everything that God's called you to do. And so that's my heart in this series. But in order to do that, I want to start with a question. Um, and this question is going to be a little painful, but we're just going to kind of play along with each other. Ready? Here's my question. Has anyone ever made a decision that created a consequence they regret. Anybody here ever made a single decision in their life? Yes, look around, look around. Son, raise your hand, because I'll pull it right up for you. I, I know you have. I saw him with his hands down, like, you're busted right there, All right? Now, here, here's, let's take it a step further. We have a lot of fun here, right? How many of you have made more than one decision that you regret in your life? Anybody else here? Scotty, that's a good one. There you go, okay, good, keep that up. Baby, keep his hands up the whole time, actually, all right? Right? So, so, so what I want us to see today is, is as human beings, that we have a tendency to make decisions that create consequences and regrets that we don't want to experience in our lives and how we live. In fact, here's something, and take a little bit step further, and I hope you forgive me before I, I'm going to go someplace, and some of you will be mad that I went here, but just, just it's out of love, and, and there's a reason for it. I just want to preface this. But if you ever know, got really quiet there. Wow, you guys are like, let's. But, but here, here, just in a lighthearted way, but I want us to see something. This is important, even in my own life. Okay, here's this. Have you ever noticed that some of the pain and the consequences or the majority of the pain and the consequences of your life are somehow in some way connected to a choice you've made? Now, once again, I'm not saying you're the only one. It's all your fault. I'm not here to beat you up. I realize there are factors and there may be people. I'm not saying it's all on you, but I want you to see something. Have you ever noticed that so much of the pain, so much of the stress, so much of the things you don't like about your life, if you were to tra trace it back all the way, at some point, at least partly, it was partly connected to a choice that you or I made, right? So you can even think about finances. I realize you didn't bring on a pandemic. You didn't bring about inflation. I understand that. You didn't bring about a war. I get all of those things. But in some way along, you created a budget. And somewhere along, or you didn't create a budget, right? Or somewhere along, you had savings. Or somewhere along, you told yourself you needed this or needed that. And what I'm saying is not about blaming you, but I want you to see that somewhere along, your financial stress is connected to some choices over the 20, 30, 40, 50 years or more of your life that you have made. It's, it's the same way when it comes to like how you feel. If you feel tired all the time, feel exhausted. Listen, I'm not saying there's not a lot of demands in your life. I get that. I know there is. But you still have have some choice into what you say yes to. You have choices to the foods you eat that give you more energy or less. You have the choices to how much TV you watch, how many football games you watch this afternoon. Three is what is the minimum, uh, but you shouldn't do more than that. All right, somebody's, I got to fist some men all of a sudden. I don't know why you like that, but that's great, right? All right, so, but my point is at the end of the day, as we look at our life, I'm not saying it's all you, but do you realize that you have some control some choice over you feel and the schedule and this. What about marriage? And you go, I just can't believe, you know, this marriage is awful, it's terrible, it's horrible, and here's what's crazy. Listen, out of like, what, six billion people, you chose him. <laughs> you chose her. Like, like it's, we're not in, it's not arranged, right? Like, you can't blame 
other people. That's somewhere in your life, and I want you to see this. That's somewhere in your life, you go, this is the one I wanna spend the rest of my life with. And you probably shouldn't laugh out loud right now because you could get elbowed or kneed or kicked or all of the above, actually. Right, But my point, what I'm making is, is that even in marriage, even how you've done marriage, I'm, not, I'm just saying, at some point in our life, we have to understand that the consequences and the frustrations and the regrets and even the shame, whatever it might be, that somewhere in our life, there we stood with the power and the ability to make a decision, and we felt like this was the right thing, we thought it was the right thing, or we just really wanted and we didn't really care. But at the end of the day, what I want us to see is so important is that our choices have in many ways shaped the life, the rewards, and the consequences of our lives. So here's my question. So why do we make so many bad ones? And, and this is me as well, not just like preaching at you. So why is it that we, who, who, why, why do we make someone so many bad ones? Here's why, because I realized something about myself. I love myself. Do you love yourself? Like, I'm a big fan of myself. Like, I think about how to make me happy. I think about the things that I want. You think about what makes you happy, the things you want. You have dreams when you, you know, got there. And see, none of us set out in this life to go, man, I just love the consequences and the state of my life. This is everything I wanted, and yet we're here. And so what I want to kind of wrestle with today is why? Like, why do we make the choices that we don't want to make and we're good people and we want to be and we want these things, so why, why do we do it? And, and, and last week we looked at this and I wanna see this real quick, but part of this is, remember, we have a spiritual enemy. Like, we have to understand it's not just us and our goals, it's us and a spiritual enemy and his systems and even the world that are fighting against us being who we were created to be and accomplishing that, that we know from the scriptures that he is a tempter, he is a deceiver, he is a liar, that he is roaming this earth seeking to destroy and to devour. We see examples of him using circumstances to, to make people fail, using other people to make people fail, using emotions to make people fail, and we We've walked through spiritual warfare. You can watch it. But we understand that the spiritual enemy doesn't just live in the spiritual realm. He uses our mind, our emotions, people, circumstances, the world, culture. He uses all of these things to fight against you. So I want you to understand, why do you make wrong decisions? Well, because you actually have a real spiritual enemy who has strategies to take you out. But it's not just that. What did we learn last week? It's not just we have a spiritual enemy, is we also have what we call a natural enemy, meaning ourselves. We have desires. We looked at this last week. We, why do we want to do so many things that are bad for us and we don't want to do so many things that are good for us? And here's what God's word teaches us. Let no one say he is tempted. I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by what? By his own desires and enticed. See, it's something natural in you that is naturally leans towards selfishness or pride or lust or greed or control. Like there's, there's things in us that what? The enemy uses our struggles, our weakness to entice us to what? To sin. Then when desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin. We make the choice. We give in to temptation. But when it's full grown, it brings forth death. Death to what? Death to your dream. Death to your marriage. Right? Death to enjoying life. 
death to the purposes, death, death to, to what you've been, you were created to accomplish and now you're not gonna accomplish. And at the end of the day, what do we discover? That our spiritual enemy uses our natural desires to take us out. This is why so many of us can raise our hand if I were to say, how many of you made bad decisions 40 times? And the hands would go up 50 times. And I could probably keep going up and up and up. Why? Because we have a natural enemy, our desires, a spiritual enemy, right? That are, that are doing everything we, they can to take us off the course God has and outside of the person that God has created us to be. Now, why do I share this? Here's what I want you to see, because this is so, so important to see. And here's what I want you to see today. Look at this. Is the good people, right? You're good people. You're here. You're seeking God like you want. But good people are still tempted with the desire to do bad things, like we need to understand this reality about us. It's not saying you're a horrible person. I mean, literally, you're here waking up on a Sunday. You're, you're, you're coming to church. You're serving. You're generous. You're seeking God. You're worshiping God. I'm not saying you, what I'm saying is, is that even though you're good and even though that you love God, even though you have a desire to live this life and this family and these dreams, what I want you to understand is you're still going to be tempted both naturally and spiritually with the desire to do bad things. King David, God said, he's a man after God's own heart. He lived a life of humility and integrity, and he still gave in and had the affair. Peter, who loved Jesus, was, was, was willing to die for him, took a knife to protect him, and, and, and is a good man, and still betrayed him three days later, or three, a few hours later, three times. And why am I saying this? Because when you understand this, when you get this, you realize, hey, that's right, even though I'm good, and I love God, and I have all these dreams, that inside of me, I'm still gonna face some battles where I'm gonna wanna do what I shouldn't do. I'm gonna face an enemy who's gonna try to get me to do what I don't wanna do, even though I do wanna do it. I just don't want the consequences from it. And so I've gotta listen to this. I better learn how to live life differently, right? See, when I understand this principle, I'm not here, I'm not saying this to beat us up. Please don't hear that. I'm saying that to go, wait a minute, if this is what it means to be human, which it does, then I better live my life with the understanding that I have the potential to do something that I'm gonna regret doing. So I better, I better bring, listen, this is what today is about. I'm gonna bring some wisdom in how I live my life. See, last week was about faith and trusting God and his word, and that's, that's very important. But this week what I talk about is some very practical things that you can do with this understanding in your life, going, wait a minute, I don't want those regrets. I don't want that shame. I, I don't wanna live in that consequence, but I know I'm capable. So how am I gonna adjust my life practically and I want you to see this. How am I going to adjust my life with wisdom and, and, and being practical so that I have less regrets and once again, I become everything God created me? All right, here is the first one today I want to go over and here it is. Ready? Protect yourself from environments that increase temptation. See how deep that is. <laughs> see, see, sometimes we overcomplicate and we beat ourselves up for failure instead of using wisdom and go, wait a minute. What I'm saying is you need to understand what are the environments what are the seasons and the patterns of your life that when you've made those choices, what kind of environment were you in? Because let me tell you something, you will see this, that oftentimes you will notice that bad choices are made in the wrong kind of environments, that there was a decision before the bad decision that is often made. And listen to this, you see this exactly with Adam and Eve. And we looked at this last week where God had given them the whole Garden of Eden, 
Like imagine, if you will, Central Park in New York City. Like they've got this massive garden and there's only one thing that can take them out. It's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But when you pick up the story, where do you see Adam and Eve? I want you to see this. When the woman, what's that word? Saw, she's right there. That the fruit of the tree was good for food. So she was not only right, she was hungry and she was standing there and pleasing to the eye and also desire regaining wisdom. She took some and she ate it. She was also, she also gave some to her husband who was, what's that word? With her and he ate it. Where was Adam and Eve? They were literally putting themselves in the one environment that could take them out. They were right next to the very thing that would destroy their lives. Now listen to this. If you understood that good people are still tempted to desire to do bad things, and you're gonna bring wisdom into the temptation, you probably shouldn't throw a picnic right next to the very thing that'll take you out. <laughs> like in hindsight, if I go back, I'm going, hey, listen, here's what I'm gonna do. If that's the only thing that can destroy my life, I'm not gonna put thorn bushes and plant them all around a big giant circle. And then I'm gonna like dig a moat so like I have to get wet, go through thorn, and then I'm gonna put the most annoying animals in the world, cats, in the middle of it. <laughs> so, so I won't, I'll have no desire. So even if I want that, I'm gonna get a lot of emails for that one, listen. I, I'll say all kinds of things up here, but the cat people, you guys are a little bit, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just saying. I literally have gotten two page letters before because I mentioned a cat in a non-honoring way. So I just want you to know, send the emails to josh at gojourneychurch.com. Uh, he would love to have them. But, but, what I'm, but let's come back. What, what we're saying is, see, wisdom would go, you know what? I, I'm, I'm gonna, if I know that's it, I wanna do everything I can to create boundaries to put, not put myself in an environment that makes it harder to do the right thing and easier to do the wrong thing, right? Because here's what I want you to see, and please hear this about, you're gonna learn this in your life. Here's what I found in my life that says, is that oftentimes unwise decisions often precede bad choices. Is that sometimes, I'm telling you something, if you look at the moments in your life you have failed, I'm telling you something, you could track back in your life and there were a series of decisions that placed yourself in an environment that actually made it easier for you to fail. In fact, let me demonstrate this. Come on up real quick. I'm gonna bring Rocket. Rocket, come up, buddy. Come up. You got the pup cave? Come up, come up, come up, come up, come up, come up. So I, I wanna show you and kind of illustrate what this is like. And so we got Rocket. We'll take the leash off him, bud. There we go. Now, I hope, Rocket, come here, buddy. Come here, come here. Sit, 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 buddy, buddy. Sit, but no, 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 no. Rocket, come here. Rocket, Rocket. All right, come put the leash on him. I don't know what he's doing. Rocket. <laughs> we did this, all right, come here. Thank you, buddy. All right, I'm gonna have to grab him. Come here, come here. You're gonna get rewarded, buddy. Come here, I need you to sit. Sit down, sit, sit down. Good boy. Now. What I'm doing right now, now you're, now you're happy, okay. So what I have, okay, sit down, it's okay, but it's okay. So what I have right now before Rocket is his greatest temptation. It's actually called the Sprinkles Pup Cake. And it's a true story, they have these things. These are literally dog cupcakes. And one time we just got them and we brought it home and he literally like growled, devoured it, paper and all. And we are like, this is like his weakness. Now here's what I wanna talk about, right? And on top of that, I added bacon on top of the sprinkles pump cake, right? So what I wanna do is I wanna look about, about what it looks like to be in environments of temptation. Rocket, no touch, no touch, no touch, no. Now, here's what I want you to see. No. 
no, no, no touch. All right, all right, here we go, here we go. Let's see if he's gonna make it, I don't know. All right, here's what you see. A minute ago, Rocket was sitting there in a chair getting scratched by my son because I watched them petting him while I was speaking my message, all right? And how tempted, uh-uh, no, no touch. How tempted was Rocket? He had no temptation. He was actually sleeping during my message. It's crazy, I know. And he was sleeping during the message. He's not tempted at all. Now, all of a sudden, what's happening? He is, there's saliva. I don't know if you can see it in the camera. There's saliva forming on his thing. He can't even make eye contact with the thing. He is so tempted beyond measure. Now, here's what I want you to see. If I keep him in this environment long enough, what will happen? He will fail. Right? Because why? Because he's an environment, don't touch that. He's an environment where he is tempted and it's difficult for him to do it. I'm actually pretty impressed with him. He's doing better than a lot of us, just for the record. <laughs> should, I, should I let him have it? Get it, get, get it, good boy. There you go. There you go, there you go. You guys come get Rocket. He did, let him have the pup cake. There he goes, he's happy. Let's give Rocket a big hand. <laughs> no, don't. Yeah, let him eat the paper, it's okay. Now, here, here's why I see this. <laughs> this. This example went so much better in my head, by the way. I actually tried this with like a cracker earlier. It was fine, but the bacon pup cake was too much. He couldn't, uh, he couldn't handle that. So here's, here's what I want us to see. Listen to this. See, we do this to ourselves all the time is what I'm meaning is that what we do is we place ourselves in environments. We place ourselves in place where we know like this is an area of struggle in our lives. And then here's what happens. And then we beat ourselves up because we fail. Anybody ever been there before? Where, where you're like, I, I can't believe I did. I swear I would never, I'm so frustrated. So let me just give you some examples. So how do we protect ourselves from environments, right? Here's the, 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 the first one. How do we um, protect ourselves from environments that actually increase temptation? So let's think. So what if your environment is, think of this, maybe you can relate. This is not for everyone, but maybe this is yours. What if your environment is, you know what? I notice I struggle when I'm in a high activity, low margin pace of life. Anybody relate to that? Right? So all of a sudden, it's like, here's what I noticed. This pattern in my life is some people, by the way, are, are very disciplined. They can handle that, and they thrive in it. But a lot of people, when you get them going, and they're just, they're, their list is so long, and the kids in school, and, and, and work, and maybe it's during tax season, whatever. But have you ever noticed that the decisions before the decision, bad choice, right? That, that, the, that the, the pace of life that gets out of control, and so you say yes to everything, and, and you're working all the time, and you don't know. You can tell your children no. It's like a, you know, a word you don't want to say, and so you're carpooling them eight hours a day. Then your marriage, you're going, I don't, I, I'm not sleeping well because I'm anxious, and I, I'm not being healthy because I've stopped working out, and I'm not, I, my, my marriage isn't doing great because I'm so distracted by everything else, and I'm not really, you know, investing in my, that relationship because I'm just so nervous, and I'm not spending time with the Lord, so I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of getting angry more. I'm snapping more. I'm disconnected. Exactly. But here's what I want to challenge you. What if instead of looking in the mirror and going, I'm a horrible person, we all of a sudden realize, no, 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 no. That's just a, an environment that I don't thrive in. And I have the power to alter that environment. 
See, I have the power to take a Sabbath day and say, hey, one day a week, I'm going to say no. I have the power to go, hey, this is going to, we're walking into a busy season and, you know, August, September, and October are just crazy. So maybe I needed some vacation time before. I need some vacation time at the end. Or maybe I need to schedule date nights because, you know, we're never going to have it if we don't schedule. Maybe I need to schedule intimacy. Maybe I need time with God in a certain different area. Maybe I need to figure out carpools or maybe I need to say no to a sport a semester. Do you see the principle? And what I want us to see is instead of beating ourselves up, going, man, oh man, I'm, I'm horrible, I'm pathetic, what's wrong with me? We understand, well, I don't thrive in that environment. So why would I place myself in an environment that increases temptation? Instead, I'm gonna make a wise decision before I can make a good choice. And then the only way I'm gonna be, have the strength over temptation is not gonna constantly put myself in that environment where that takes place. Place. You see what I'm talking about, bringing wisdom into the battles and the struggles of our lives. Maybe, maybe for you, when it comes to your life, you, you look at your bad choices and they stem from, well, well, I, I have bad relationships with people. I go with the wrong crowd and we have a lot of fun. We don't always remember everything we did, but I know we had fun because there's pictures. But then I end up dating people from this and then that doesn't work out. Maybe I got married once or twice to these people and that didn't work out. And so what I notice is, is that I don't thrive in ungodly environments. Here's the beautiful thing. Guess who controls not only your schedule, but your environments and your relationships? You do. I know for me, I had to make some hard decisions when I gave my life over to the Lord. I noticed that pattern. There are some friends who I like and actually love to this day. But when I was with these guys, I wasn't the person that God wanted me to be or I wanted to be. So I had to make some hard choices to change the environments. And I remember going to church, not knowing anybody. So if you're new here, I know what that's like. It's awkward. And you walk in this big place and you don't know them and, and they don't know you and it's hard and you're alone on Friday night watching reruns on television and you're like, this is boring. And what, Yeah, but what happened is I altered the environment I got into a small group, started hanging around some godly men, and now here I am all these years later, a transformed person. Why? Well, because I understood who I am. I need these environments. Maybe you're dating, you're trying to keep yourself pure, and you go, well, I, I keep failing. When do you fail? Well, every time we go on vacation and stay in this hotel room, for some reason, <laughs> things get out of control. I know the reason, <laughs> right? And so, see what I'm saying? And I want us to understand this because it's so important. It's because so many of these choices are actually choices that we make, listen to this, before the bad choice. Like, like these are the choices that we make before the bad choice that is so important for us to understand. I don't want you to beat yourself up. What I want you to understand is the good people are still tempted to do bad things, and we need to realize that. So what we need to do is look at our environments. What are the environments? What is the pattern you're seeing in your life? When you realize that pattern, then you need to create some discipline or boundaries, or maybe the best way to say it um, is, uh, is, is this, is that unwise decisions often precede bad choices and consequences, right? And wise decisions often precede good choices and rewards. And it is so better, listen to this, to not beat yourself up for failures, but instead use wisdom to make the kind of choices before the choice, right? So that's step number one, is, 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 is as you look at your life, understand, so what's the patterns been? Has it been work? Has it been stress? Has it been spending habits? Has it been what you watch on TV and read? Is it friendships? Like, what is it, those choices that you made prior to the choice that made you weak or, once again, could even make you strong. Now, that's the first thing, right? And here's the second thing that I want you to see, and that's this. Um, is the first is protect yourself from environments that increase temptation, right? Here's the second one I wanna challenge you. Is identifying strength in your weaknesses against temptation. 
This is really, really practical. What does that mean? It means that you need to understand that you can't protect yourself from everything, right? Like, like you can't protect yourself against everything in the world. You live in a crazy world with crazy people. And not only do you live in a crazy world with crazy people, some of you are in relationship with people that are very unhealthy. And those, their unhealth is constantly being spewed on you. You work for bosses that are unhealthy, and that culture is being spewed on you. You live in a culture where, where moral values and decay has just gone everywhere. You live in such uncertainty, by the way, where who knows what's going to happen with inflation and nuclear war and all the crazy and the chaos and stuff like that. And so what you have to understand is... Like, I can't protect myself from every environment, can you? Like, like there are some environments you can't protect, so here's what you do. So you need to know, so what's my weakness? Like, in other words, like, like I want you to see this. What is the thing in your life that you keep failing on? And I'm telling you something, every one of you have it. Like, you can look back at your life, and there is something in your life. You all have weaknesses, by the way. And there's something in your life that if you don't figure out what that is, if you, if you like, we, we lie to ourselves, right, because we kind of don't want to admit that we have a weakness, because it's not manly or right or strong. And so what happens is we don't acknowledge, we don't know what that weakness is. And so therefore, we can't do the second part, which is this, is strengthen your weakness against temptation. See, here's why I'm saying this. You can't prevent every temptation. You can't move to an island oh, by yourself and live. You're going to have to be in some environments that are really hard to deal with. So you need to know you, how you are wired and your weakness. And you also need to understand how can I strengthen myself against that weakness. Once again, I want to bring Rocket back up. Um, and I want to try to see how this one goes better than the last one. Because I want you to see this principle, how we all have a weakness. We just don't all have the same weakness. Rocket, come on, buddy. Come on. Come on, bring up the goodies. Here we go. Bring it up the goodies. Let's go. Come on. All right. Here's what I want you to see about this. Now, um, my son, who's drinking my Coke Slurpee, you done, apple doesn't fall far, far from the tree. And Thomas, would you go ahead and would you hand Rocket a rib bone and put it on the ground? No, you can keep him leash this time in case we have what happened last time. Here we go. Just put Rocket. Give it to me. All right. Now, here's why I say this. I hold in my hand an Eden rib bone that, by the way, I ate last night, but for the record, right, Rocket, come here. Okay, no touch, no touch, no touch. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. No touch. Here's the thing. There's a raw, cold rib bone. How tempted do you think I am right now to eat that? Zero. Now, on the other hand, the Coke Slurpee. This was full, by the way, son. Um... It melted. Oh, that's what it did. Okay, right? Right? But here's what I want you to see. Look at this. Look at this. I'm not tempted by what tempts Rocket. And by the way, Rocket could care less about Coke Slurpees. Doesn't like soda. And here's why I say this. Listen to this. Listen to this. Because we got to stop beating each other up because people have different weaknesses than ourselves. Is that what takes place is we go, I don't know why they struggle with alcohol. That's ridiculous. Why would you? I mean, you, why, it doesn't even make sense with me. And someone else is like, well, I don't know why they struggle with anxiety and fear. That's stupid. I don't know why this person struggles with lust. I mean, come on, just control themselves. And so what happens is because all of a sudden I look at this and I go, what's wrong with Rocket? Like, why could he, why, why would he, like, Rocket be like, what is wrong with my father eating, drinking this Coke's awful? Why would he they drink all that sugar and caffeine and things that are unhealthy? He is so weak. You see what I'm saying? And so we got to learn in this life to go, hey, we all are struggled and we all have temptation. We're all, not all tempted by the same thing. So we stop beating ourselves up. We start instead helping each other with the weakness. Stay. Now, here's what else I want you to see. I want you to see this like this. How do you think Rocket is being so strong? Here, follow me here. Follow me here. Why do you think he is? Here's what I want you to see. Because I've strengthened his weakness. 
See, what you don't know, no, 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 I didn't say get it. Sit, 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 sit. He thought that was a signal. He thought that was a signal. What you don't, what you're seeing is the result. Since he was a puppy, I've had him in these environments and I've taught him and here's what he knows. I trust my dad. And I know at some point I'm gonna eat this rib and I know at some point I'm gonna get that pup cake and I wanna be a good dog and I wanna obey and I wanna do the right thing. So I trust him. So I will sit there in obedience. Why? Because I've developed a skill set against his weakness. I've strengthened it. Rocket, get the bone. You can get it. You can get it. There we go. All right. Thank you guys. Let's give them a big hand. Let's pull them. Here's why I say listen to this. The first thing we need to do you need to know your weakness so you can identify, so you know it, so you can, so you can protect yourself. I don't even know what just happened, but there we go. Boys. All right. So, so, so back to this thing, right? So what do we, what do we learn from Rocket, right? So, so you have to know your weakness. We're not all tempted by the same thing. So not everyone has the same weakness, but you need to identify it. So A, you can protect yourself from environments that might be there. But B, you also have to learn how to strengthen it. Because if you don't strengthen it, you can't protect it. The enemy's gonna keep coming at your weakness. This is why I'm telling you something. You go back to so much of the pain in your life and it, you can trace it back to a, to a specific area that's a weakness in your life. Let's look at what this looks like. So imagine for a moment, your weakness is fear and anxiety. By the way, that's not my weakness. Fear and anxiety is not what I battle with. I will share in a moment what I battle with, but this is not mine. But say for you, fear and anxiety is your battle. And so you find yourself always worried. It's hard to enjoy. It's hard to rest. It's hard to sleep. And you're anxious and worried and fear when it comes to your future. By the way, you're not alone. It's the most prescribed medication on in all of our country because this is a real battle. So what does it look like? Once you finally realize this is my battle, it's fear and anxiety. This is the weakness the enemy keeps coming. Well, the first thing that I do is I need to protect myself from the environments. What does that look like? Well, I need, I, for you, maybe me, I need to create margin in my life, right? Because if fear and anxiety towards money is an issue, if you have no margin in your budget and one thing goes wrong and your whole world collapses, then it's gonna be really hard to have peace, isn't it? But if I know fear and anxiety is my weakness, what am I gonna do? I'm gonna build in a margin or a budget to give me a little bit to make it easier. See what I'm talking about? I'm making it easier to have less stress in my life. So even though I really want that new car, I want that extra bedroom and I want that, hey, if I do that, I'm gonna live in a constant state of stress. I'm gonna open the door for the enemy. That's not wise. I'm gonna use wisdom. I'm gonna create an environment around me for me not to fail. Now, that's the first part. But what's the second part? It's strengthening it. So what does the Bible call fear? Look at this. I want you to see this. This is very powerful. For God has not given you a what? What's that word? A spirit of fear and timidity, but of power and love and self-discipline. Like the ability, you, you don't have to be a victim of fear. What is he saying? It might be a weakness, but it doesn't have to be. And so what I'm trying to say is, okay, so I might acknowledge it, but now I better strengthen it. Why? Because we live in a world that's crazy. Like, do you ever think this world's gonna like, all of a sudden you're gonna look at the future and it's all gonna be like clear? Like, like right now inflation, who would have thought that? COVID, possible nuclear war. This is great. And you guys feeling, all of you fearing anxiety, like, thank you very much, it's enough. You're putting me in an environment. I'm not, I'm feeling triggered. Okay, I get it, I get it. But, but so my point is, there are, there are things you can do with fear and anxiety, right? Practically, by, by, but you can't do everything. Because the reality is you live in an uncertain world and you live in a broken world. So what does that mean? It means I better figure out how to strengthen that, right? And if, and if fear is a spiritual thing, what does that mean? I better strengthen my spirit. And so if my battle is fear and anxiety, what can I do? Well, I could memorize verses on God's faithfulness. 
I can memorize verses on fear. I, I can make the decision to on my car as I drive and a three by five car begin to uh, focus in on memorizing. The Bible says take captive every thought. Why? Because I do have the power. I have the ability of discipline to overcome the spirit of fear, but I better strengthen that weakness, right? Or maybe I need to focus on worship and, and the songs that, 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 you know, Waymaker, and I need to sing these songs and remind myself that God is the provider, that God is faithful. I might need to journal, and in my journal, I need to write out God's faithfulness in my life over and over again. What are you doing? You're strengthening your weakness, right? See what, what you're doing. Like, it's, it's not like a bad thing to go, oh man, I feel so guilty. I'm just a fearful and anxi- anxious person. No, no, you're not. You've not been given a spirit of fear. You don't have to have that weakness. But if you don't both identify it and strengthen it, guess what's gonna happen? The enemy's gonna keep coming. You see, he's a strategist. He knows the weakness. When Jesus was in the desert and he had eaten for 40 days, what was the first temptation that Satan gave him? Bread. Right? It was bread. When Peter was anxious because Jesus, for the first time, just let him be taken away to be arrested and all of his plans were, were, to, were, were kind of thrown away and Jesus rebuked Peter, when did Satan come? Right away. And what did he do? He sent someone to question Jesus. What I want you to understand is the enemy knows your weakness, so you better know it. And not only does the enemy know it, you've got to figure out how to strengthen it. Like, you, you, you're more than a conqueror. You cannot continue to walk around this world and just accept your weakness. Or you will always have that weakness and you will always give in to that temptation. Instead, you gotta walk away with what God's called you to be is no, the same spirit that raised Christ dead is in me and I've gotta understand my weakness and I'm gonna build around it. I'm gonna strengthen it so I don't fail anymore and I walk in greater victory and I'm gonna keep battling and battling and strengthening like a muscle in my life and pretty soon I'm gonna have such confidence and faith in God that fear and the spirit of fear will have no power over my life, amen? See, sometimes it's just practical. It's just practical. What if, what if yours is you're highly emotional and you speak words in anger? And some of us have been in relationships with someone like this. And, and they just, they lose it. And in the moment, they say things that hurt and wound. They feel bad. It just disrupts the family. It creates all these problems. So here's what I wanted to say. So don't accept that. Like, don't go, watch well, I'm just, this. I'm just Italian. I'm just from New York. I'm just angry. I'm just, like, I've heard so many things, by the way, of, why, of excuses of why these men have spoken these words in anger, and they're sitting there just justifying it, not even acknowledging a weakness. No, what do you do? Hey, this is my battle. This is my struggle. So here's, I want you to know this. People in a relationship with me, um, so if we're in the middle of a fight, I might say, hey, I need, I need 24 hours. Because what I don't want to do is in the heat of the moment, I don't want to, hey, you know what I'm going to do? I know that's my struggle, and I know that was the, the pain that my father caused or my mother or my spouse caused in my life. I don't want to do that to you, so here's what I got to do. I, I might need to re- read a book on grace. I might need to understand that, hey, this conversation, needs to, I, need, I need to step away for a little bit to get in the right place so I don't do that. I might need to go to counseling to identify where does this anger come from. See the principle? And so there, I'm not living the rest of my life being a victim of my tongue that brings life and death into relationships. I'm no longer making excuses for it. I'm going, hey, you know what? This is my weakness. And now through God's help and through my discipline and wisdom, I'm gonna strengthen that area of weakness. So I told you I'd share mine. Um, Those first two are not a big struggle for me, but you know what I struggle with sometimes? It's insecurity. And what I mean by that is, is that there are times in my life, I look at my life and all the stuff that I'm leading or managing, and you know what I feel? I'm not good enough. And I can't tell you how many times with the Lord, I've gone, God, you need to get someone else. I mean, it's just, I mean, yeah, God's doing great things, but there's so many things that need to be fixed and I don't know how to do it. I'm not good enough. And I look at my weakness, right? And I begin to feel insecure about it. I don't know if you ever battle with that. 
And if you find yourself going, I'm not good enough to be a mom. I can't do marriage. I don't know how to do this. I'm not good at this. I'm not good at that. And here's why I want you to see this. So what I've learned is, okay, this is how the enemy attacks. This is how he robs me of joy. This is how he prevents me from going and fulfilling the callings of my life as I feel I'm not good enough. So what do I need to do? So in my office, you can see it this morning, in there, you actually look, I have certain statements, biblical truths that I've written and that I see every day. One of those is God saying, I chose you. One of them is that the spirit is willing, even though the flesh is weak, meaning that, listen, I know you might have that weakness, but God's spirit, God's strength is enough to accomplish it. Verses I've memorized, he who began the good work will carry it on to completion. You see the principle? God, I have verses like God, where he says, God, I love you. Where God, I know that God, God, God loves me. I've called you, and I've written these things out. Why? Because I know in my life, that's the door the enemy gets in. And so I can't make an excuse for it. I don't wanna beat myself up. Why am I like that? No, I just go, I'm gonna, identify it, but I also have the power to strengthen it, so I'm going to strengthen it. I'm going to get better at it. Some of you dads are going, man, I, I'm a provider, and I'm great at business, but I don't know how to connect with my son. Okay, great. That might be your struggle, but you still have the wisdom and the ability to surround yourself by people to strengthen that so that 18 years later, you're the greatest father in the world, and you don't have the regrets because you can't go back, and you only got one shot. But you can't make the excuse, well, I didn't really get it modeled. I don't really know how, so I'm just gonna be the provider. Here's the money, here's the check, but, but I don't know how to really connect on an emotional or a fun level. See, the principle is that too often what's happening is we're beating ourselves up for our failures or we're too prideful to acknowledge, no, I've got a struggle. I've got an open door. And, and so I'm not gonna beat myself up and give up. I'm gonna go, I need to kind of work out on that weakness. We have a, a couple MMA fighters. I don't know if, if Ong is here this morning or not, uh, but we have a couple world champions. Um, then I was talking to him last week, and he, he was talking about there was one weakness, which I'm not gonna say, don't worry, for your opponent who's fighting on Amazon Prime here soon, but like um, uh, he, he had this one weakness in his fighting that he just didn't like. And so I was talking to another friend of his that also trains, and they go, that's why he's a world champion. You know why? Because when he found out I'm not good at this, he didn't do what so many fighters do and just say, I'm just gonna strengthen my strengths and ignore it. He figured out how to strengthen what was weak so that he doesn't have that weakness and then therefore became, once again, a two-time world champion in, in, in MMA fighting. And this is what I want you to see. You have this ability, guys. Like, I just, I just, I, I want, my heart is this, is I want you to see, listen to this, is that wisdom is a weapon, not a weakness. And we gotta get over ourselves. We gotta get over this, this concept and this reality where we walk around going, like, I'm too, I, I'm not gonna admit I have a struggle. Like, I'm fine. And what we've gotta start doing in our lives is start recognizing, you know, good people are still tempted with the desire to do bad things but I wanna be a good person. And so what I wanna do is, I wanna make sure that I use wisdom in the battle of temptation. And oftentimes that's a decision, the good decision, that we make before the good choice to experience the good reward comes from us making those choices. So here's what I wanna remind us, and here we close. Right, good people are still tempted to do bad things. So, protect yourself from environments that increase temptation. You have more power and control than you realize. You have to make some decisions. Have some conversations together, by the way. 
Just for you know, for a record with family, listen, that part of our responsibility as family and relationships is not to beat each other up for our weaknesses, but ask ourselves the questions. How can we create the right environments? How can we help strengthen them? And one of my children battles fear. And so since he was a child, I've always gone, hey, I'm gonna push you in these things and I'm gonna do it lovingly, but I'm gonna reward you and I'm gonna give them step by step. Why? Because I want him, even though that's, he's got a lot of strengths, but that weakness, I don't want that weakness to hold him back from doing what God called him to do. So as a father, I'm never gonna belittle him for that weakness, but I'm not gonna let it stay. And I'm gonna teach him and challenge him and encourage him little step at a time with fear. Another one of my children doesn't battle fear, but you know what their battle is? That they battle with, with almost insecurity. They don't feel like they're gonna, they don't feel like they're good. And you know what I do in their life? I strengthen it. Hey, no, you're amazing. Do you know how brilliant you are? You know how smart you are? Because you are. I'm not making it up. And I'm speaking life and I'm strengthening their weakness in their lives. In your marriage, what is the weakness? Is, is one of your spouse's weakness when it comes to, is it fear and anxiety? How can you step in and go, how can we bring structure? How can we bring um, you know, a budget into to help you with your weakness? Maybe it's lust. What can you do to schedule to make sure, hey, listen, I'm not gonna beat you up for this, but how can we schedule? How can we communicate? How can we provide or, or you know, do this? things to help you in this arena when it comes to your life. Is it fear? Whatever it is. And so what I'm trying to say, you see the principle? See, if we as people stop beating ourselves up at other people and start realizing, oh no, good people are tempted to do bad things. Oh, okay. So we better make sure we protect ourselves from environments that increase temptations and identify and strengthen our weakness against temptation. And if we will do those things, guess what's going to happen? We're going to walk in greater victory. We're going to fail less and succeed more. We're gonna, we're gonna have less regrets, less pain, less consequences. And we're gonna experience life exactly what God's heart is for you. And I want you to realize something. We don't wanna overcomplicate this. Whose responsibility is it to protect yourself from environments? It's mine, it's yours. Whose responsibility is to identify? It's mine. You need to take responsibility and make the good decision which will precede the good choice and the good reward because the battle of temptation is often won or lost, not in the moment, but in the environment and how you strengthen your weakness prior to the moment of temptation. Let's pray. Dearly Father, I thank you so much for your grace when we fail. I thank you so much for your wisdom to come around us and just and to help us, God, to help us walk strong and victorious, that we're more than conquerors. And I just pray right now across our campuses and online that all around, that people will begin to realize, take the control um, of some of these things in their lives that you've given them and empower them to make wise decisions before they make the wise choices. God, help them make the right choices in environments. Help them strengthen and identify their weaknesses so they walk in victory over the enemy and they become everything you've created them to be. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.